Hi everyone, welcome back. This is our post-World Championships episode of the Magnastics podcast. We're going to talk about everything that just happened at Worlds. Uh, not sure we're fully emotionally recovered from it yet, but we'll do our best. Yeah, well, I mean, it just finished maybe an hour ago, so... All right, let's start with floor. To nobody's surprise, really, Artem Dolgopiak qualified in first place there. He was the only one to break 15 in quals. So. Yeah, going into it, he was uh, my pick for gold. So while Dolgopiak qualifying in first was not very surprising, what was very surprising was we had uh, two Chinese gymnasts qualify to the floor final pretty high up the rankings. We had Lin Xiaopan qualified in second place and then Xiao Roteng qualified in fourth place and they both scored over 14.8, which is like major. It's a major, major deal. Like last year when Xiao lost out on the all-around title, that was pretty much mostly down to his floor. Like it's always been kind of a weak event for China. So seeing two Chinese gymnasts qualified to the final was so bizarre, especially since no Japanese gymnasts qualified, which is who we're used to seeing. True. And I think that before this, if I had to pick a Chinese gymnast to qualify for the floor final, it would not be either of those two. I probably would have picked Sun Wei. Yeah, you never really know what kind of difficulty he's going to come up with. He's done some like high difficulty floor routines, but here he was only at a 5.5, I think. So, yeah, full strength. Yeah. But then another unsurprising addition to the final was Nikita Nagonian after Daloyan for Russia. Uh, I think that's pretty expected. You know, the, that's floor is one of the finals you'd expect those two to make. So. Somewhat thankfully, we did not have Dennis Abliazin doing floor. They put him up last, I guess, and they figured if the first three guys did well enough, he wouldn't have to do floor, and so he ended up scratching, and I think that saved us a lot of terror. <laughs> yeah, I was scared because <laughs> I saw some of the video from podium training. It did not look like a good idea so the reason he was on the star list for floor was because David Beliavsky uh has an Achilles injury that he got at Russian Cup which is why he wasn't doing the all-around here so he couldn't do floor and vault and then Dennis is also injured I mean we haven't seen him do floor since I want to say oh I don't know um at least a couple of years. Yeah, I can't remember if he did a Nationals last year. He definitely did a Russian Cup in 2017. But yeah, I, I'm not sure I ever want to see him do floor again, to be honest. <laughs> All right. So also qualifying to the floor final, we had last year's bronze medalist, Carlos Hilo. Yeah, and his scoring qualifying, a lot of people were confused by. They were like, where are the deductions is so low because he only got an 8.1 in execution. Um, 8.133. Yeah, so that was confusing, but thankfully he 
did qualify to the final. And then rounding out the rest of the gang here, we have Kim Hansel from Korea and Dominic Cunningham of Great Britain. Yeah, great to see Dom sneak in there after everything he's been through this year with his injury. Yeah, when he he got injured like six months ago, approximately, and I just did not think he was going to get back to this level in time. And then he was named to the world's team, and then he made the final. I'm really proud of him. Yeah, I mean, floor was pretty much the, the thing that got him on this team. So, yeah, it was it was awesome to see him back at kind of the level he was before his injury where he was making finals. So, Just want to note our reserves here. Nicolau Mir of Spain, Joel Moldauer from America, and Daiki Hashimoto. Oh, little baby Daiki. Well, he's not even little. He was the tallest one on the Japanese team. Even though he's only 18. (laughs) Even though he's only 18. I was like, oh, little baby, because he's a kid. But he is the tallest one, and it's (laughs) hilarious. It really is. Um, But I'm guessing we're going to talk about him more a bit later. So I do want to note maybe a couple surprising things that happened in terms of floor qualifications. Sam McCulloch had a pretty uncharacteristic qualifications rounds, which we'll talk a little bit about later, but he fell twice on floor, which was people were like, what is happening right now? Yeah, that was weird. I mean, falling on the the double front was one thing because, you know, that's a really tricky pass. Yeah. The other one was like on like a front full. Just bizarre. Yeah. I don't think there was any other kind of major um, gymnasts we expected to make the final who missed out. There was a few who kind of didn't quite make it or people who might have been able to make it but didn't. But I think the one I was most surprised to see up there was Nicolau Mir of Spain in the first reserve place. He got very, very close to making the final. Okay, so shall we go to our next event? Yes. Pummel horse. Not surprising at all. Our top three qualifiers here were Max Whitlock in first, followed by Reese McClanahan. And third, we have Lee Chi Kai. Yeah, it was exciting to see all three of the kind of the big names that we were looking at going into this actually make the final. I think the only person who was kind of a medal favorite, who really had a bad time in qualifying, was Xiao Rotong, the defending champion. And he uh, fell in qualifying, so was not able to defend his title. But he did have Zhou Jingyuan make it in fourth place, so that's super exciting. Yeah, we did put him down as one of our potential finalists, so not really surprising if you've been following along but still really cool yeah I think obviously parallel bars is what he's known for but he is excellent on pommel horse so clean and then in fifth place in qualifying was Daiki Hashimoto yeah he I just remember Japan started on pommel horse and I can't remember what order they went in. I think Kakeru was up first. 
Me, no, maybe. I would not put Kakeru up first. <laughs> I don't know. It was Wataru, who is not very good on Pommel Horse. And then I think it was Kazuma, then Kakeru, then Daiki. And all three of them placed in the top 11. So we had Daiki got the highest score, fifth in qualifying. Kazuma also qualified to the final in eighth place. And then Kakeru was in 11th and would have been second reserve if it wasn't for the Tupa country rule. So that was kind of, everyone was like, oh, oh, Japan, pommel horse, what's happening? Why are they so good? Yeah, they, I think, had the highest team total on pommel horse by quite a bit. Their top three scores came to 43.916. And I think the next highest total was over a point lower than that. Yeah. The next highest was Russia with 42.399. So a point and a half lower. Yeah, it was bananas. They came out super strong right out of the gate. So, yeah, we've been telling everyone not to sleep on Japan. And, you know, they walked into qualifying like, look, here we are. Yeah, they really were like, um, don't underestimate us. Pommel Horse was probably the biggest event for this team, and they really delivered, which was awesome to see, because I wasn't sure how trustworthy Kakera would be. I won't lie. (laughs) (laughs) So one of our surprise qualifiers, at least to me, or someone who was a bit of a long shot, was Xiao Yujan from Chinese Taipei. He qualified in sixth. Yeah, I think kind of the Taiwanese team as a whole, everyone was just kind of like, oh, Li Chi Kai, like he's the one everyone knows. And then we had Tang Chi Hong on high bar. Um, the others weren't really very well known. So, yeah, it was cool to see someone other than kind of the two names we were already familiar with make an individual final. We're going to talk about the team results later, but... Chinese Taipei, very exciting, as team. And, oh, when we were talking about Daiki, we forgot to mention Kazuma also qualified to this final. I mentioned that. Wow, I have, like, super short memory. Yeah, Kazuma exactly tied with David Beliavsky, which I appreciated because I really like both of them, and they qualified in eighth place, so means we had nine people in the final. Yeah. The one person we haven't mentioned yet is Cyril Thomason. He made the final as well. Yeah, and then just missing out was Oleg Vinayev. He's got a lot of difficulty. Um, went for the 6.6 in qualification, if I remember correctly. No, 6.5. 6.5? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, or at least that's what he was credited with. Yeah. But he, despite his big difficulty, he scored a 14.6 because he's got some form stuff. And then our second reserve, a bit further back, was Nariman Kurbanov of Kazakhstan, 14.3. Um, he was in the final last year. It was kind of an outside shot at making again. He doesn't have the highest difficulty. And then the third reserve was Hurrian Murdinyan of Armenia with 14.133. Um, I haven't seen his routine. I'm not sure what happened there. He's definitely capable of scoring higher. 
But well, he only did a, a 5.8. Mm, maybe something didn't get credited then. Or some of the other people that we talked about as potential finalists on this event who didn't make it. We already mentioned Xiao Rutang, the defending champion, not in there. And Robert Seligman fell, I believe. But yeah, as did Sasha Bertoncelli. Yes. I didn't mention that, unfortunately, they can be quite inconsistent. And it sucks that it had to happen at, like, the most important time for them. So, ooh, um, I also want to mention Michael Reed. He threw out a super hard 6.5 routine, but he also fell. Yeah, it was a shame. But wasn't this like his first international competition? For Jamaica, yes. His nationality change only got approved somewhat recently, like in August or September. Yeah, but he went for a 6.5 routine. He was definitely a potential finalist. Didn't quite work out, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. I assume we'll be seeing him on the World Cup circuit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. On to rings, which I think we can all say has, you know, now that all is said and done, this has maybe been the most exciting event of the entire World Championships. Yeah. Rings haters may not agree, but we know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) But first off, like, massive shout out to you for calling Nick Klessing making the final. Woohoo! He qualified in seventh place. I did not see that coming. You did. So, nice one. Well, you know who I also called making the final last year, who I almost didn't expect it? Dennis Goosens of Belgium. He's an Olympic finalist, though. I think he's, I don't know, can never count him out. He wasn't here, though. So. No, he hasn't. I don't know if he's injured or not, but the few times that I have seen his scores this year, they haven't been great, so I don't know what's up. Anyway. Are surprise first qualifier for rings was Ibrahim Chalak of Turkey. Um, I think obviously he was a favorite to make the final, but the fact that he qualified in first was a little surprising, I think. Yeah. And he was quite a ways, well, considering his rings, quite a ways ahead of uh, the rest of them with a 14.858, the next highest score, which three people tied with was a 14.7 right so those three people were Arthur Zanecci Samir outside and then obviously Eleftherios Petrunius who is back he didn't look 100% like his old self but he's he's healthy he was here competing and that's the main thing Rounding out the rest of our finalists, we have last year's bronze medalist, Marco Ladadio of Italy, Dennis Abiazin, and Artur Tomasian from Armenia. Yeah, and so the reason this was such an exciting event was because only three people in the final were on teams that qualified to Tokyo. So we had five guys competing for three individual Olympic spots. and 
those got decided in the final. So, right. and then just missing out, first reserve was Igor Adivalov of Ukraine. He missed out by 0.033. And then Federico Molinari of Argentina was the second reserve. He's, what, 35? Yep. Um, so it was really cool to see him hit a good routine. Shame he couldn't um, sneak into the final, but it was still really cool to see him there. Yeah. And then a little further back was Ali Zaran of Egypt. He only managed a 14.4, which isn't entirely surprising to me. Um, his difficulty is relatively up there, but he can sometimes struggle on execution a little bit. I thought he would place a little bit higher because he's been looking pretty good lately, but um, I guess not. Um, it wasn't one of his better routines, if I remember correctly. And then a little behind him was Vincent's hook of Austria. I'm not sure what happened there because his execution is only an 8.1, and that's a little low for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so some other people who were kind of potential for the final. Um, so the Japanese guys, they looked a, bit, a little bit um, imprecise, I think is the right word, on rings in qualifying. Um so even though they had big difficulty, they didn't quite get the scores. Needed to sneak into the final, although that would have been a long shot anyway. Same for Nagorni and Dalaloyan. And Dong Shudi looked like he was going to sneak in there and then had a really rough landing on his dismount. Yeah. Also want to give a shout out to our third reserve, uh, Mahdi Ahmad Kohani, who's from Iran. That was a little bit of a nice surprise. Oh, yeah, and that reminds me we didn't mention on Pummel Horse, Seydri Zakaika also fell. He was a contender for the final, so unfortunately that didn't work out for him. Oh, Yang Hexon did rings, which I find hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he do a pretty good job as well? Yeah, he got the same score as Yule, a 13.8. That's impressive. Yep. Good job, Yang Haxion. <laughs> Good for you. All right. On that note, do we want to move to vault? Yes, let's move to vault. All right. So our number one qualifier was the man we just mentioned, Yang Haxion, who had a 14.933 average. Yeah, he uh, he scored a 15.3 for his um, eponymous front triple vault. A little bit rougher on the Kaz double second vault. Yeah, he got um, an out-of-bounds penalty on that one. Yeah, but it was still enough to qualify in first, although that was helped by the fact that Arta Deloyan went out-of-bounds also with both feet on his second vault. And then our third qual- qualifier was Shekwe Hung from Hong Kong, who, like we mentioned in our preview podcast, does both three Seguang vaults. Don't think I saw either of them, but it looks like at least the second one, which I think is the Pike Dragulescu for him, or at least that's what it was in the vault finals. That one in qualifications looked a little messy because the execution score was not great and he got out of bounds, but he still qualified in third. So, um, Yeah, I think I saw a video of them. They were... 
you know, safe, but yeah, the landings were a little all over the place. Our fourth place qualifier here was Igor. Again, not really surprising. In fifth place was Le Tan Tung. I hope I'm pronouncing that right from Vietnam. I guess he could maybe be considered our surprise qualifier here because I don't think we mentioned him at all in our preview. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by him. I think he's got a few World Cup points on vault, but he's never made a massive impact. So I wasn't really that aware of him. And also, I think he was the only one who made the final with a 5.2 difficulty vault. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, his execution on both vaults definitely helped him. And then our sixth qualifier, I'm just going to say I totally called it. Marion Dragulescu. You did call it. Yep. I said he looked really good at that friendly in Germany a couple weeks ago. And even though we only saw one vault from him there, I assumed the second vault was good. And it was. Yeah, he did the um, Li Xiaopeng second vault, didn't he? Yes. That's, I think, the only one that's a 5.8. So yeah. I'm assuming that's what it's his usual <laughs> biggest difficulty second vault. And then rounding out our vault finalists, uh, Nikita Nagorny and Dominic Cunningham. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was not convinced that Nikita was going to make this final because he's had so much trouble with his soup double pike, which is a new vault for him. Last time we saw him do it before Worlds was at Russian Cup, where he like nearly died. I remember I didn't get to see it, but I was like in the car and I was like checking Twitter. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Nikita's hurt himself. And I was like, oh, my God, no, no. But he ended up being all right. But that vault just made me so nervous. And he did take like a bunch of steps back. So it was kind of a surprise to me that he was able to land that vault. I can't lie there. (laughs) I'm sure you're laughing about it now after finals. (laughs) Yeah. We'll yes. get it. Um, yeah, so our reserves on vault were Kim Hansol, who is a former medalist, world medalist on this event, Lurie's Frasca, and James Bacuetti. Yeah, and James did the Yonakura. He did the Kaz two and a half. The only one here who competed that, I believe. Well, he was trying to get it named after himself, but uh, Yonakura beat him to it. Yeah, I think there are a few guys who were kind of trying, but yeah, he does it pretty well. Well, that's not what his execution score says here. (laughs) Generally, he does it pretty well. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) So some guys who did not make it on vault, Andrei Medvedev only ended up 19th, and... It looks like his Blahnik got downgraded. Yeah, I'm not sure what order he did his vaults in, but... Well, because he's only listed as having one 5.2 vault and one 5.6. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's the Blahnik that got downgraded to a Roche. Yeah, that would be what you'd expect anyway. Which, at this point, if he's been downgraded multiple times, I'm wondering if he should, like, maybe start thinking about doing other non-piked vaults. 
Yeah, I mean, I do wonder why he doesn't just do, like, a regular Dragulescu. I don't know. Because he can do it piked. So that would imply he can do it tucked. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and then the big person who did not qualify here is our defending champion, Risa Gwang. I did not watch either of his vaults, but it seems like he kind of crashed both of them. Or the first one might have gotten downgraded because it's only listed as having a 5.2. Yeah, and that's interesting. I haven't seen video of it either, but I wonder what happened there because, you know... And if you downgrade a, a Pike Dragulus, you to a Tuck, it's still a 5.6. So he must have not completed the vault he was intending to. I'm actually quite surprised he didn't qualify because as much as we talk about him kind of being a mess. He usually pulls it together in time. Right. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's won. He won the last World Championships. He won the Olympics. He won the two World Championships before that. It seems like recently whenever he's been there, he's you know, pulled it out. He's been consistent. So, it, yeah, it w- I was very surprised to see him not make the final. And then um, I know in our preview podcast, we talked about Artur Daftian, who is one of the guys on my spreadsheet who has the highest averages this year so far. And I know you were concerned about him because you were like, I don't know if he's going to throw his easiest fall in quali- qualifying, and that might just you know, prevent him from getting in the final at all. However, he did throw both 5.6s. Not sure, you know, what order he did them, again, because a lot of this was not televised. But um, it looks like the first vault was okay, but the second vault was kind of disastrous, so. Yeah, and that's that's what I was worried about, is that this is why it kind of European-level competitions and World Cups and stuff usually does has full as his second vault in qualifying to let you play it safe um and yeah obviously at world championships that more than likely wouldn't be enough to make the final so he had to go for the big difficulty and it didn't work out but yeah he did have to go for it to make the final so I definitely understand that decision the other thing I want to mention is one of the people I talked about as being one of my picks for vault medal was Wataru Tanagawa. And he didn't vault in qualifying at all because in podium training, he landed a Pike Stragulescu attempt very short and killed his ankle. So he couldn't compete on Flora Vault, which are events he, you know, was um, supposed to be doing for Japan. So that was a shame because... Um, he definitely could have contended, but. Well, yeah, that that took him out of doing all around at all. And I know we were like, well, you know, there's probably going to be three Japanese guys who do all around. So I wonder which guy is going to get super country. Don't even talk to me about Japanese men doing all around. <laughs> Don't even talk so, to me about that. So with Wataru not doing all around, we didn't have to worry about that we'll get to our final all-around standings in a bit but um yeah okay so now this is probably the big one parallel bars oh god yeah the words that will strike fear into the hearts of all men's gymnastics fans who watched the 2019 world championships so 
at least half of the guys we had down as potential finalists for parallel bars messed up in one way or another and did not make finals. So, unfortunately, and I want to cry just thinking about this, two-time defending champion Zhou Jingyuan did not make the final. Yeah, he ended up in... 16th. He ended up in 16th, counting a full. So what happened was he did rings because he's good at rings. But on rings, he kind of pulled his shoulder and his his shoulder have been the reason why he hasn't been doing rings recently or why he doesn't do the all around right now. Um, So he because he pulled his shoulder, he decided to do his easier routine in qualifying and oh it was so beautiful and then on I don't know if it's his last skill right towards the end of his routine his tip out he kind of he didn't sit on the bar but his leg kind of bounced off the bar before he caught his hands so he lost the value for the tip out which took his difficulty down to 6.3 from 6.6 and it got counted as a four. So his execution score was only 8.333. Imagine his execution score if he didn't fall. Yeah. And also, the other thing was, he also took a massive step on his dismount. So that's like a 0.3 step. Even with the mistake, if he hadn't taken that step, he still could have probably made the final. But, you know, it's, it's, it's gymnastics. These things happen even to the greatest parallel bars worker of all time. Yeah, so on to more people who did not make the final. Oleg Vrnyayev. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if he saw that, like, so Jin Yuan didn't make it, so he's like, nah, whatever. Solidarity. <laughs> yeah, he had a very similar error, too, where he just, like, it was a little more obvious for Oleg, I think, where he basically, like, sat on the tapelt. Did it was that what Oleg did? I thought he was just a bit kind of muscly. No, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But either way, he had a mistake and ended up in tenth. So he was the second reserve after that. And then the first reserve was Nikita Nagorny, who his main error was that he so he does a peach to one rail and a heli out, and he lost his swing on the heli out and had to bend his arms and muscle it up. And he's still, so the last, here's the thing, is that 6th to 8th, who qualified for the final, got a 14.8. Nikita and Oleg both also got 14.8, but by the tie break, didn't qualify for the final. Yeah. And then also, Arthur Dalloyan had, it was just a pretty scrappy routine for him. David Beliavsky had a full onto the apparatus. Sam Gulag had a fall off of the apparatus on a moy of all things. Yeah, I've never seen him do that. Yeah, well, it's similar to David. I can't remember exactly what his mistake was, but it was like a Diamidov or something like that. So. Oh, that reminds me. We didn't talk about it in Pommel Horse, but Sam also fell on Pommel Horse. He had a total of four falls in qualification, which had all of us just baffled. Yeah. So moving on to who did make the final. Yes. Because 
believe it or not, some people did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our top qualifier was Lucas Dowser. He was in the final last year, European silver medalist from 2017. He's a world-class parallel bars worker. I was a little unsure about him before this, though, because at the friendly a few weeks prior, he only got like a 13.8. So I was like, is Germany sure they want to put him on the team? Because like, I don't know if a 13.8 on his best event is really going to cut it, but he sure showed me. Did really badly um, on PBARs at that friendly is Joe Fraser, who went <laughs> in third place with a 15. Yeah, so... Normally, in parallel bars, if you're not too familiar with the scoring on this event, um, a lot of the top guys will get, you know, 15 to 15.3-ish. And in qualifying, here, well, and then So Jing Yuan, who would get 16-plus. But, you know, he's... Call him. them mortals. Yeah. <laughs> and then here in qualifying, only three people broke 15. So that was Lucas, Joe, and then our second qualifier, who was Petro Pachniak. Yeah. And then what was really exciting was we had both of our Turkish parallel bars guys, Ferha Arachan and Ahmet Onda, make the final. Yep. So that was really cool. I don't think we've ever had two of them before. Maybe just Frat before. Yeah, I think this was Ahmet's first event final. And then Sunway made his... His first individual event final? Yeah, so Sunway made his first individual event final at Worlds by making the parallel bars final here. And I have to say, Sunway was the last Chinese gymnast I expected to make the parallel bars final. Yeah, well, I mean, considering they have So Jingyuan. And then they weren't having uh, Lin Chopin do parallel bars, which is hysterical considering he's a former world champion yeah so that was to do with because so Jing Yuan was doing rings and Dong Shudi is their top rings guy so both of them were doing rings and obviously Xiao and Sun were doing all around so there wasn't room like in the rings lineup for Lin Xiaopan to do all around so they put Dong Shudi on parallel bars, I guess, so he would be able to do all around instead. I think the only qualifier that we haven't talked about yet was Kazumakaya. Yeah, I was really happy to see him make that final. He's mostly kind of known for his pommel horse work, um, as he's a former world medalist on pommel horse, but um, parallel bars has always been a really good event for him as well, so cool to see him make that final in eighth place anyone who didn't make it that we want to talk about i think you already talked about all the all the big ones i mean the other japanese guys also did well we had three japanese guys in the top 15 so that was pretty good but uh yuya komoto didn't do his full 6.8 difficulty and I think that's because he took out the skill that he broke his jaw on the day the team was selected which makes perfect sense um the team he did end up competing was still a 6.5 so yeah yeah and Wataru arguably their best parallel bars guy 
But like we said, he had the ankle injury. He just he was really struggling. It seemed like kind of everywhere in qualifying. Horizontal bar. So kind of already talked about Sam McCulloch falling all over the place in qualifications, but he qualified in second here with a massive 14.866. So go Sam. Yeah, that was kind of his, um, it was his last event in qualifying. It was kind of his big moment to be like, I can still do gymnastics guys. And, you know, he showed us pretty well that he can do gymnastics. He got out of the people that qualified, he got the highest execution. So, yeah. And then our our guy who qualified in first here, not a surprise that he made a final, but surprised that he qualified in first was Tang Chai Hung. Yeah, he is really clean, and I was just really glad to see that they were rewarding him for that. Um, sometimes execution scores on high bar are a little bit kind of maybe not separated enough, but um, it seems like they were rewarding him, which I really liked to see. Yes. And my favorite person ever, Tin Servich, qualified in third. So, yeah. Favorite person ever. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think the interesting thing is, I remember in the preview, we were saying, like, oh, it was really weird that Arthur Dalloyan made the final last year, but this year it would be just kind of like, oh, yeah, he made the final. And he did make the final. He qualified in fifth place. He did his casino in qualifying to bring his difficulty up to a six. And yeah. It went well. It did. Yeah. And our fourth place qualifier, we have Arthur Nori. Not terribly surprising. He's had a pretty good year on high bar. So. Yeah. And we also had Lin Xiaopan and his big 6.5 difficulty. Um, he's always been fairly messy on high bar, but 6.5 is a big number so it kind of made up for that yeah well of all the finalists here he was the only one who had an execution below eight yeah i think our most surprising finalist perhaps was tyson bull of australia yeah very cool i'd also say that our eighth place qualifier was mildly surprising also daiki hashimoto I mean, I did mention him in the preview, did I not? Well, I think the big thing here is that Epka fell in qualifications and did not make the final. Yeah, and also someone I remember talking about a lot was Oliver Heggie. He tied with Daiki in qualifying but missed out on a tie break because he had 0.1 more difficulty, so 0.1 lower execution. So that was a bit of a a tough one to take because I was really pulling for Oliver to get a medal this year. Our other reserves, by the way, were Sunway and Nikita. Yeah. And can I just say, like, high bar has always been Nikita's weakest event. I think, I don't know, some people might think it's pommel horse. I feel like high bar. Well, you know, we just, we just need to dispel with the notion that Nikita has a weak spot at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's what I was gonna say. This is his weak event. Like it's always been the one where it's kind of like fifty fifty whether or not he'll make an error. And his difficulty's lower there. It's his low, lowest well, it's not his lowest numerically, but um since vault difficulty is lower, but you know what I mean. But yeah, on his weakest event he placed eleventh in the world. So 
he was actually top 16 on all six events. It's crazy. Yeah. And he did it last year as well. Last year he was, his lowest was his 16th on high bar. So he went up five spots on high bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also upgraded in qualifying. He connected uh, two Tkachevs together, give him a little boost in the difficulty. And then he, he wasn't one of the reserves because he was 12th. So one place lower than the third reserve. But I want to mention Nicolo Mozato. He only had a 5.4 difficulty score, but he had the highest high by execution of the entire qualifying round with an 8.8. So I thought that was really impressive. Yes. I also think it's really cool that Shane Wiskus got a 14.166 on high bar. Yeah. So USA now officially has three guys who can go 14 plus on high bar in international competition. I mean, I'd still say high bar is USA's weak event, but they're getting better. Yeah, but having the ability to go 14 plus is kind of a big deal. Yes. Um, oh, Randy LaRue fell in qualifications. Ah. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about individuals now? Indiv- uh, all around now? Yes, all around. So... Not surprisingly, Nikito was her top all-around qualifier with an 87.333. Yeah. And right behind him was Artur. Well, not right behind him. He was like a good eight-tenths lower. <laughs> and then another seven-tenths behind Artur in third was Shiarotung. So those were kind of, you know, like the expected top three going into it. So even with some problems, the three of them were... The top three, although Kazuma Kaya qualified in fourth place, he was only 0.1 behind Xiao Tung. And, you know, admittedly, Xiao had his form on the horse, but still, Kazuma Kaya qualified in fourth place. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, especially because I feel like I've been hyping him up the past couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yes. And then Sunway qualified in fifth. Yeah, so Sunway and Deng Shudi were the kind of guys battling it out for the second spot in the all-around final for China. But uh, Deng Shidi had some problems, so he ended up in 15th and didn't make the final. I mean, if it was, mm, you know, almost any other country, he probably would have been fine. But because <laughs> 15th is nothing to scoff at. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, he's definitely capable of doing better. You know, he's national champion. He beat Sunway at Chinese Nationals. So it wasn't like, oh, he's just going to get two country out. He had a genuine chance. He just didn't quite get the scores he needed. Um, also qualifying to this all-around final were Petro and Oleg. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool to see Petro in the top group. I didn't really expect that. I mean, we know what he's capable of, but he really like delivered in qualifying in a big way. And our seventh place qualifier was Lee Chi Kai, which some people are probably like, what? But let me tell you, Lee Chi Kai was going to go to the Olympics one way or another. (laughs) You know, if the team made it, great. If not, he's still at all around. If he didn't make it through all around, that's fine. He's got pommel horse in Worlds. If he didn't make it through pommel horse at Worlds, he already had like 90 points through the World Cup system. So, yeah, he was 
he was not not going to the Olympics. He was, you know, he's basically already in Tokyo at this point. <laughs> Other qualifiers, Pablo Breger, Ivan Stratovich did end up 10th all around, but got two per country out, obviously. Yul Moldauer was 11th, Oliver Heggie 12th, Andy Toba 13th, and 14th, a little bit of surprise, Tang Chai Hung. Yeah, so we did talk about in the preview that Li Chi Kai is a good all-arounder, but yeah, Tang Chai Hung, I wasn't really expecting him to do that well in the all-around, but that's probably just because I didn't think about it hard enough. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll expand on this in a couple minutes, but Chinese Taipei really surprised everyone in qualifications in a good way. Rounding out the final, we had Joe Fraser, Kim Hansel, Carlos Eula, Nestor Abad, James Hall, Manorie Clauduet, Kaio Souza, Lee Jung-hyo, Ludovico Adali, Milad Karimi, and in the final spot qualifying to the final was Sam McCulloch and his four falls. Yeah. People on Twitter were definitely, like, freaking out about it. (laughs) Yeah, so the thing about Sam was it really looked like he was going to get Tupa countryed out by Akash. But unfortunately, on a high bar, the last event, Akash had a fall. So he ended up 0.3 behind Sam overall, because obviously Sam put up that giant high bar score. (laughs) So... I'm looking at the all-around results here from the Longines website. <laughs> Arthur Daftian, who ended up in 37th, not counting, Tupper Country, it has the Armenian flag on it, but instead of having the country code ARM, it just says POR, P-O-R. <laughs> which is, it has... And then for both Farat and Ahmet from Turkey, it has Dor, D-O-O-R. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. And unfortunately, Farhat and Ahmet both missed the all-around final. That was sad. So I guess we'll talk about our team results and then Olympic qualifications after that. When are we going to talk about, like... You know, that one thing that is like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, having only one Japanese guy in the all-around final. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you want to talk about that? Japan are dumb. (laughs) Oh, so we all know Kakeru Tanagawa is an amazing gymnast. We know this. He's a two-time national champion in Japan. So he started off on pommel horse. Very good routine, as we talked about. Uh, rings, not a great event for him, but he went through solidly. Vault. I, whoever made this decision, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. So Kakeru has a pretty good Kaz one and a half. He has attempted Kaz doubles in the past, but he has never landed them. In World Championships qualifying, he attempted a Kaz double, was nowhere close, and, like, fell everywhere. Yeah, that was... It was scary. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just a fall, it was a scary, bad fall. So, there was that. And then, 
parallel bars, he did a pretty good routine. And then we get to high bar where we've been saying Kakeru take out the casino for months now since he appeared with a casino <laughs> because he caught the casino a grand total of one time, which was the first time he did it. And then like every other high bar score he's gone since then has been the 12s because he can't catch the casino. Guess what happened in qualifying? He I fell on the casino. So that sucked. And then it's like, oh, like he's really low down the rankings, but floor's a good event for him. He should be able to make it up. And then the weirdest thing happened where he like, he was doing a floor routine and it was like, it wasn't perfect, but it was, you know, he was going through. And then before his last pass, he turned, he looked right, the clock was right behind him. And he turned and looked at the clock and he was like about to go over time. Huh? He did like a full 180 there. Yeah, and the clock was like on like 109 and men's floor routines are 110. So, and then I guess he like, I don't know how he managed to mess up the timing that bad. But yeah, and then he like rushed into his triple twist dismount, didn't make it, fell all the way out of bounds, you know, out of bounds deduction, got the overtime deduction, and he's got a fall. So he scored in the 12s on three events and didn't qualify for the all-around final he was just over a point off of qualifying if he'd just done a normal vault he could have gotten two more points there and he would have made it easily so I don't know what the coaches were thinking I don't know why anyone let him attempt that vault I don't know why they've still got the casino in the routine I just I don't understand you know you've got this this kid your national champion and they're making him do skills he can't do. I just don't understand. And it's really sad, actually. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that, unfortunately. I just... So the thing is that the like national team coach is apparently quite big on difficulty scores. I mean, the Japanese guys have a lot of difficulty, but, you know, execution is a thing as well. And like even I can almost understand the casino because he catches it sometimes in training. You know, he caught both attempts in podium training. But the vault, we all knew he couldn't do that vault. It, I, I don't understand. Like, And if they really wanted him to chuck a high difficulty vault, he could have, you know, done it in the all around final. I don't I don't it's, understand. Japan last year, it's not like they really need to needed to, you know, go all out. Right. I don't, but the funny thing was that, like, after this vault, which was kind of before everything went completely wrong for Kakeru, but after this vault, we didn't have this terrifying fall. He just kind of stood up and was like, huh? Like, I don't know. I feel like Tanagawas are kind of made out of rubber. They just bounce back. But <laughs> I'm just really sad. I really, really like Kakeru as a gymnast, and I hope that someone, I don't know who, learns a lesson from this yeah that's all i can say it's just sad you know we were like oh one japanese guy's gonna get two per country out of the final and then they only had one guy in the final anyway (laughs) oops yeah yeah on to the team results you ready Mm, am i (laughs) (laughs) all right so um not too surprisingly, um, Russia qualified in first. 
And that was followed by China in second and Japan in third. Yeah, I mean, you say not too surprisingly that Russia was in first, but when China started, I was like, oh, they're here to win. And then pong course happened. But yeah, so top three, as expected, I think what maybe wasn't quite so expected was Japan were only three tenths behind China in qualifying, um, even with a lot of the problems they had, like, like we were just talking about. So that was cool. And also surprisingly was that the fourth place qualifiers, so the first team to earn a Tokyo spot, was Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we had them down as one of our bubble teams, I think. So. Yeah, they really came through. Like Petro and Oleg did really well like across the six events Igor delivered on his two events and the other guys you know made up the gaps and they put up a big score as well 253.5 yeah and then in fifth was Great Britain I don't know if there were really any surprises there no I, I definitely expected Great Britain to be safe to qualify um to be honest, overall, they did better than I was expecting. And then in sixth was Switzerland, which we were pretty confident that they were going to make it. So that was nice. And then seventh was USA, which it's a little surprising that they're that far back, but um, yeah, they yeah. didn't have the greatest qualifying round, to put it lightly. Yeah, so... Obviously, we expected them to qualify. I mean, even with a really tough day, it was there was no way they were really not going to qualify. And then, about three-tenths behind USA was Chinese Taipei, which, holy crap, nobody was expecting that. And here's the thing. They were in the first subdivision. So we sat and watched for two days as a bunch of teams that we were like, oh, They've got a really good shot qualifying to the Olympics. Come in and place behind Taiwan, Chinese Taipei, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I just I wish that subdivision had been streamed. I would have loved to see them do that. Yep, I think that's just it's annoying in general how they don't stream all the qualifications, especially when, you know, like we're saying, Olympic qualifications are on the line. How are we supposed to? I mean, we can keep up with scores, but... Yeah, and especially when you've got, like, a big, big story like this. No one's seen it. So the rest of our top 12, which determines the teams that go to Tokyo, um, in ninth was Korea, which, if you follow either of us on Twitter, we did not mention that in our preview, and that's all my fault. (laughs) It is. You were like, oh, I don't think they're really up there enough to mention. Korea, I'm sorry for underestimating you. Please don't hold it against me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was hard to know what to expect from them. You know, obviously they did a good job. They were helped out enormously by having the second highest vault total of all the teams behind Russia. And then our last three qualifiers in 10th was Brazil, 11th, Spain.
Spain and 12th Germany holding on by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. The Germany one was, that was a close one. Oof, I did not think they were going to make it. No. So a lot of us were hoping for Turkey to qualify a team for the first time. And unfortunately that did not happen. I think that's primarily due to Pommel Horse. Yeah. Pommel Horse. They only got a 37 team total. All the rest of their numbers were over 40, which is pretty good. I mean, it wasn't helped by the fact that Amet did not have a great day overall. You know, they were definitely capable of much better. But yeah, the pommel horse rotation, which was their final event, was, yeah, that was really the final nail in the coffin for them, really. Turkey was 15th, by the way, and then... Italy was 13th and France was 14th. The Italian guys were pretty heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah, so Italy kind of were also in the first subdivision. They kind of set the standard early on. So it was, you know, seeing like teams like France, they were coming up just short of them. And then we had a few like kind of just overtaking them. They were in serious contention, um, only 0.6 behind Germany. So that was a tough one. And then also France, you kind of wonder how they could have done if, like, most of their original kind of team choices weren't injured. Not even just their team choices, just the guys who got injured earlier in the year who, like, couldn't even trial for Worlds. Yeah. And then the other kind of big disappointment, I guess, for lack of a better word, sounds a bit harsh to say that, but. Uh, the Netherlands, who were in the team final last year, this year placed 19th. Yeah, we mentioned Epka falling on high bar already, but I don't know if any of the guys really had a great day. Not even Bart qualified for the all-around final. So. Right, so they had the three guys doing all-around, and kind of Frank's kind of coming off injury, but Bart and maybe Casimir were in contention for the final, but definitely Bart, you would kind of expect to make it. They started off okay. They survived Pommel Horse, but the place where things really started to go wrong was Vault. So Bart and Casimir both fell on Vault, and that was especially a big deal because those were two of their like big routines. Casimir had a Dragalescu on Vault, so that would have been obviously a really good score boost if he'd landed it. Yeah, uh-huh. and then after that, I think he he was originally down for two vaults and ended up not even attempting a second. Yeah. Yeah, they got the lowest vault total of all 25 teams, which I think just kind of really sums up where that went wrong. I mean, there yeah. were other things too, but they easily could have gained a couple points on vault that would have put them closer to making it. So... Yeah, well, Vault is usually the highest scoring event where, you know, a lot of people can go 14 plus, but the Netherlands didn't even crack 40, so. Yeah, they counted, they, I mean, they counted a 12.8. That's kind of sums that up, really, I guess. Um, and then also High Bar with Epka falling. Um, obviously, they would have hoped for another couple of points there. Yeah, um, I know they were all really, really disappointed. Thankfully, Bart did 
qualify an individual Tokyo spot, but I remember him saying he felt very conflicted about it because they really, really wanted to qualify a team. On to the list of qualifiers. Again, from last year, we had China, Russia, and Japan qualify teams. And then um, this year we had, I know I just talked about this two minutes ago, but I'll recap, um, Ukraine, Great Britain, Switzerland, USA, Chinese Taipei, Korea, Brazil, Spain, and Germany qualify teams. And then um, the people who qualified through the all-around standings, first person was Carlos Yulo, which I'm sure people were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Manrique, Ludovico Adali, Malad Karimi, Larice Frasca, uh, Robert Vargal, Alexander Shadilov, Farat Archan. So Ahmet Ander got two per country out of an automatic spot there. Two per country. <laughs> what? One per country. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, Arthur Davtian. Um, bit of a surprise here. David Huddleston, who represents Bulgaria. And then... Bart, who we just mentioned, and getting that last spot, Daniel Corral, which was really nice to see because we know he didn't make any event finals or anything. So, And then based on the apparatus finals, the way that the qualification works, it's that it's the top three in the event final who, you know, were not involved in qualifying a team. So... For floor, that only left Artem Dolgopiat. For pommel horse, it was only Reese and Cyril. And then for rings. So in rings, we had those five guys in the final who could all qualify a spot, but only three of them could get it. So we knew there were three spots filled by the rings final. But we had to wait until the event final to figure out exactly which three gymnasts that would be. I'll skip over naming them for now since we haven't discussed event finals yet. And then from Vault, we have Dragulescu and Le Tan Tung from Vietnam. Oh, and Chek Wei Hong from Hong Kong. Yeah, really cool to see Vietnam and Hong Kong qualified gymnasts. Yeah. Parallel bars, um, that's where Ahmet got a spot, so Turkey was up to two spots. And then through high bar was Tin Serbich and Tyson Bolt. So now with not all of the events had the full three people qualify. So like the leftover spots, if you will, go back to the all around guys. And from those leftover spots, we have Renee Cornoyer from Canada, Basil John Abdurakimov from Uzbekistan. I'm not sure if they've ever qualified a male gymnast before. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was definitely... Um kind of not a person I had in mind when thinking about who would qualify through these all-around spots, but very cool to see him up there. Yeah, Marios Georgiou, who didn't have the greatest qualifying, so I'm glad that he's getting one of these reallocated spots. Yeah, I was concerned about him. He Again, this wasn't a subdivision we had a stream for, but from the people in the arena, it sounded like he was injured. Um, having a lot of trouble so yeah, just uh, especially after he got that bronze all around at Euros this year and ended up 10th all around at last year's Worlds I think we had some high expectations for him going into this and it didn't quite work out that way but 
But, you know, thank God he got this spot. Otherwise, his only chance would have been to try and qualify at European Championships, which obviously, as the defending bronze medalist, he would have a pretty good shot at, but it's a lot harder to get than the spots at Worlds. Yeah. And then we have Ivan Tikhanov from Azerbaijan, David Rambudis, who represents Sweden, and Andrei Likovitsky from Belarus. And then the host country always gets one spot in the event that they don't qualify any other athletes, but obviously... Japan qualified a team last year. So that last uh, host country spot went to Sophus Hagemsnes of Norway. Which Yes, so glad to see him get that spot. He's adorable. Yeah. So just out of interest, the cutoff for the, for the qualifying through the all-around, Sophus was, you know, the lowest... Um, ranked guy to qualify. The cutoff was 79.623, which is higher than I was expecting, to be honest. The standard here was really, really high. Oh, yeah. Overall, it was definitely a lot higher than last year. I was talking about this in terms of team qualifications with somebody else. But um, last year, to qualify for the team final, Switzerland was the team that qualified in eighth place for the final. And I think they scored about a 245-ish total. And this year, Chinese Taipei was the eighth place qualifying team, and they scored a 250. So that's like a five-point bump just in qualifying. Yeah, and like, I can't remember exactly what the cutoff full round was last year, but it was less than 80. Yeah. And here, so at World Championships this year, 45 gymnasts broke 80. It's almost like Japanese nationals. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. one person that I was hoping would qualify through all around here, which did not happen, was Andre Muntian of Romania. Yeah, he was doing really well and looking kind of on track. And then he scored an 11.833 on the floor, which is a pretty good event for him in general. So that really hurt him and then obviously pommel horse is a really rough event for Romania in general and he scored a 10.633 so that pushed him right down to 56 and he was you know less than a point out from from making it yeah we do not want to talk about Romanian pommel horse right now <laughs> yeah you it's know, just really sad just for context when I say Romania and pommel horse they got the lowest team pommel horse total with a 32.566 yes that is 32.566 and the 24th highest team pommel horse total was 36.199 and you know those four points were the difference between like Romania ended up in 24th you know four extra points and they could have been like more like 20th. I mean, that doesn't really help in the grand scheme of things because they still wouldn't have qualified a team, but... You know, I mean, put it this way, their highest counting score was an 11.4. Yeah. Not ideal. They counted Andre's 10.633 and it was their second highest score. So not a good event for Romania. People talk all the time about how Romania's not 
managing their women's team properly, or at least they're not managing the seniors properly. Up until maybe now, I would have said that the men's team were slightly better off, but they're really not at this point. No. Which the one automatic spot that they got through Worlds was Marion Dragulescu, who's been around for like 15 years. Well, not 20. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's 38, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, Andre Montian has had injuries and stuff. He made the parallel balls final in Rio. I just, it's a bit sad. They've got a couple of pretty good juniors coming up, though, so hopefully they'll be helpful, I guess. That's what they always say about the Romanian women, that they've got good juniors coming up, and then the juniors appear and nothing really comes of it. So that's it on qualifications and Olympic spots, other than rings. We've got on the Magnastics website a full list of all the qualifiers. And also I've gone through and reallocated all the World Cup points that get reshuffled now that the people who have qualified aren't eligible for them anymore. This concludes the first of our two episodes on the World Championships. In the next episode, we will be talking about all of the finals, as well as where people now stand in terms of the World Cup points.